This content contains descriptions of the consequences of warfare and subject matter that may be distressing. Listener discretion is advised. When towns and cities are bombed, it is civilians who suffer the most. The use of explosive weapons in populated areas presents one of the greatest threats of harm to civilians in contemporary armed conflict. My name is Kayan Addison, and this is the International Network on Explosive Weapons podcast. On November 18th, 2022, the political declaration on strengthening the protection of civilians from the use of explosive weapons in populated areas was adopted and endorsed by 83 states in Dublin, Ireland. This declaration is the first formal agreement that there is an urgent humanitarian need to protect civilians from the immediate and long-term effects of explosive weapons in populated areas. Over a year later, our efforts on universalisation and implementation of the declaration are underway. In this episode, we explore the significance of African states endorsing and implementing the political declaration. Out of the 83 states that endorsed the declaration, 12 of these are African states. On the podcast today, we are joined by Joseph Dubé, a member of the International Network on Explosive Weapons based in South Africa, who has worked on a range of disarmament issues extensively, and Juliana Hello van der Berg, the Political Affairs Officer of the United Nations Office for Disarmament Affairs in Geneva. We will also be featuring an audio excerpt from a video of His Excellency Ambassador Lansana Gaberi, the permanent representative of Sierra Leone to the United Nations and other international organisations in Geneva. Joseph, thank you so much for joining us today. Could you start by speaking about the impact of explosive weapons in populated areas specific to the region of Africa and why you think this is becoming an increasingly relevant issue for African states? Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for the giving me the opportunity to uh, to talk about the WIPA, particularly in Africa. I think the use of explosive weapons in populated areas in Africa has a great impact. You know, particularly I think you look what has happened in in Ethiopia. You look at what is happening in Sudan. They've got a huge, you know, devastating, you know, impact both on infrastructure and the civilians. And um, I think it's important that African states need to, to, to realize that they've got legal, moral, and ethical responsibility to protect uh, civilians. And one of those is to make sure that they endorse the, the declaration. So you mentioned legal, moral, and ethical responsibilities. Would you be able to speak to that a bit more before we move on? Yeah, I think in, in talking about the importance uh, that African states have got a moral, legal, and uh, ethical uh, obligation, it's because they need to respond to some of the impacts, you know, where explosive weapons are being used. You know, they tend to displace people, and I think you could see what is happening in, in Sudan at the moment, that people are getting internally displaced, you know. And therefore, I think it's important that African states need to realize that I think it creates refugees, and we need to cut. And I think if you look at also the the agenda 2063 is trying to deal with the whole issue of displacement of people and the refugees and the protection of civilians and the protection of uh, infrastructure. So, so therefore, I think it's important that uh, African states need to come to the party and be part of the agenda 2063, as well as I think if you look at the roadmap, you know, the Lusaka roadmap, which has adopted, also tries to deal with these issues in a practical terms. 
and and part of these practical terms is to make sure that they review their um, policies regarding the use of explosive weapons, but also in endorsing the declaration will then be able to assist us in achieving these particular goals. Thank you, Joseph. And I think that fits in really well with the African Union's 2063 agenda. So it lists two out of its seven aspirations as a peaceful and secure Africa, as well as an Africa of good governance, democracy, respect for human rights, justice and the rule of law. So how do you see the issue of explosive weapons in populated areas fitting into this agenda, as well as, for example, the sustainable development goals? Yeah, I think when um, heads of states, African Union heads of states met in 2013, they adopted the Agenda 2063 with aspirations. And uh, those aspirations were set out to say, we need to look at what we want as Africa. And part of that was to then say, how practically can we achieve this Africa that we want by 2063, which is 50 years uh, later? So therefore, I think in that aspiration, it's important to then say what are things that could undermine or stop Africa to achieve the Africa they want. Uh, and the Africa that we want is an Africa that is developed. The Africa that we want is an Africa that has got um, the protection of civilians. It allows its children to prosper. Uh, and so therefore, anything that to stop that, Africa should be able to, to mitigate that and stop it. Unfortunately, explosive weapons poses that threat. So therefore, it's important that um, African states and African Union need to stand up and find a way to make sure that these explosive weapons are not used because they will impact on the sustainable development goals. They will impact on the safety of the civilians. It will impact on ordinary citizens of Africa. So it's important that we call on African states, we encourage African states, we even raise awareness to realize that it's important that the declaration sees the light in Africa. So what's coming next? In particular in Africa, I think we, we need to see more consultations, more campaigning, more lobbying in terms of uh, raising awareness, but also confidence in states to make sure that um, they endorse the declaration. But I think ahead of that, we need to see more activities happening in Africa, on the continent. Uh, both, I think, for example, the meeting that is being planned in Togo, but I think it's important that if we can have more, at least two more meetings in Africa to see how we can build uh, confidence in African states to then sign the declaration. But also, I think uh, it would be good that uh, we get high-level, you know, um, probably ministers of foreign affairs, ministers of defense, to attend the Oslo meeting so that I think we can send a strong message as Africa to say we will stand by the Agenda 2063 collectively and united so that we can um, stop the use of the explosive weapons. And have African states and African Union institutions already spoken on this? And if so, what have they said to feed into this wider discussion? Look, I think um, both I think uh, African states have, you know, have done some, some work, although I think would, it would have been good if they did more, uh, particularly if you look at Mozambique and Senegal being co-group of uh, 
the working group that was developing the, the declaration and participated in that particular process. Ultimately, I think out of that, I think uh, Mozambique was able to organize um, a meeting of 19 African states and uh, discussed and deliberated on uh, how states can do to prevent the use of explosive weapons in populated areas. And uh, the communique came out, you know, very strongly in support that there is a need to find a way of making sure that should the explosive weapons be used, they should not be used in populated areas and uh, should not be used um, against civilians. And it's very unfortunate. I think uh, a lot of African countries did not attend that meeting. It would have been useful if all the 54 countries were there and um, it would have also assisted in developing a common position on the issue. So I think um, we still have got an opportunity. I think there is a chance to still continue engaging with African states so that they can come to the table and contribute positively to, to the discussions in terms of how better can the use of explosive weapons in populated be regulated through the, you know, the declaration. But also I think um, the African Union uh, have issued a, a press statement, particularly the Peace and Security Council, which is the highest decision body in Africa to call on African states to engage, participate, and even encourage civil society to be part of these particular processes. And I think it's a, it's a good start. And I'm hoping that I think with that call, African states will jump on this opportunity to endorse the, the declaration ahead of the Norwegian uh, meeting. So one last question. Why do you think that the engagement of African states is so essential? And why in the past has this been such a turning point in both humanitarian and disarmament issues? African states and Africa as a collective has always taken the lead in, in disarmament in issues. And um, in, I think if you look at any other instrument that came into, into existence, and I think a good example is the UN program of action on small arms and light weapons. Um, it was driven by, Af- by Africa, and Africa actually moved the process to ensure that the, the, the document spoke to what Africa wanted. And, and I think it is then important as well that even if the declaration has come into existence, uh, in terms of the practical actions and the action plan or the roadmap in terms of implementation of the, the declaration, Africa has to come on board so that you've got uh, what Africa wants into the document. And, uh, and therefore, I think it's important that Africa should, should, should be involved and try to influence these practical actions that needs to happen. But also I think it's important to then say that I think they need to protect the goals that have been set in this you know, sustainable development so that uh, those goals that have been set cannot be derailed or cannot be postponed. So therefore it's important that Africa needs to come out so that in 2030 we can go back and say, how far have we gone in terms of developing Africa? And if we don't deal with the issues of explosive weapons now, it will be very difficult to then meet those targets that have been set uh, within the framework of the uh, Sustainable Development Goals, but also even the Agenda 2063 itself, it will be derailed. And so, so, so therefore it's important that Africa has to come to the party and fully participate to make sure that uh, use of explosive weapons does not undermine those goals that have been set you know, by, by Africa.
and it would be good if uh, all the 54 countries uh, do you know endorse the declaration uh, before uh, Oslo so that we we can have a very strong voice and send a strong message to those that intend to use the explosive weapons to then actually realize that Africa has stood up and they said it's not acceptable. It cannot be acceptable that um, explosive weapons are used on civilians, particularly children and, uh, and women. Thank you. The United Nations Office for Disarmament Affairs has been really prominent in the process of the Declaration's adoption, but also now in efforts to see it universalised and implemented well. So it's great to have Juliana joining us today on the podcast. So could you start by telling us more about the Regional Conference for West African States taking place in Lomé, Togo on January 30th and 31st? What is the purpose for this conference, but also what are the hopes and the expectations? Thank you so much for having me, first of all. So let me go back a bit further to kind of frame where this conference is kind of settled in. So as many have heard before, the Secretary General has used his voice for over 10 years to express the serious concern over the humanitarian impact of the use of explosive weapons in populated areas. And in his new agenda for peace, he's called on states to strengthen the protection of civilians in populated areas and conflict zones, and really to take combat out of urban areas altogether, including through implementing this declaration. But for this declaration to take effect and to ensure that it's a living document, it's really key to strengthen and work towards broad support by the whole of the international community and ensure that it is an instrument with global ownership. Because to meaningfully address the multifaceted concerns related to this issue, we need to strengthen sub-regional and regional support and initiatives to build global capacities and establish a culture of practice that puts human beings back in the center. So, this is why ODA, together with Ireland, is organizing a workshop in Lomé, Togo, at the end of January this year, bringing together a number of African states, both endorsing and non-endorsing, or hopefully future endorsing, as well as international and civil society organizations working globally and in the region. The workshop itself will really serve as a platform for fostering collaboration and knowledge sharing among participating states and entities with a view to then build the normative and practical knowledge for national, regional, and ultimately also global implementation. So our aim is to raise awareness of the declaration and promote its universalization in Africa and to strengthen the participation of African states in the process. We also hope to build the capacity of relevant government experts of states in the region to effectively implement the political declaration, to promote exchanges of good practice, and to review progress on this document within this particular region. And through all this, first and foremost, what we're hoping to do is bring a more diverse, bring more diverse perspectives to the future discussions on this issue, including by providing concrete inputs to the first international follow-up meeting, which will be taking place in Oslo uh, just a little while after this. Currently, there are only 12 states in Africa who have endorsed the political declaration. Why do you think that African states should endorse and implement the declaration, particularly ahead of the conference in Oslo this April? So I think here one of the key points, and especially in the lead up to the Oslo conference, is 
what I just mentioned, which is to bring African perspectives to the discussions and to really make sure that the views and the concerns of African states are heard and are being addressed. But there's, of course, a number of reasons, many of which Joseph alluded to already. Africa is rapidly urbanizing, making this declaration increasingly relevant. In fact, the UN projects that Africa is urbanizing faster than other regions globally and will be 59% urban by 2050. And at the same time, conflict is increasingly taking place in urban centers, making the use of IWIPA more prominent and civilians more vulnerable. And many African countries have experienced prolonged armed conflict and are suffering from the effects of the use of explosive weapons in populated areas. So by endorsing this declaration, African states can take a proactive stance in safeguarding their civilian populations and affirm their commitment to upholding humanitarian norms. Also, and I will not go into the details of this as it was mentioned, the use of IWIPA undermines the African Agenda 2063 and the achievement of the Sustainable Development Goals, whose deadline is really quickly approaching. So endorsing the declaration allows African states to reaffirm their commitment to strengthen civilian protection and respect for international humanitarian law. And by participating in this global initiative, African countries can collaborate with other nations, exchange best practices, and actively contribute to shaping norms and policies that really prioritize the well-being and safety of their populations. So an endorsement by African states will not only demonstrate their dedication to humanitarian principles, but also enable them to address the unique challenges faced on the continent and to contribute to the global effort of protecting vulnerable populations. Before I come back to you with one final question, I'd like to play an audio excerpt from His Excellency Ambassador Lansana Gaberi. In this audio clip, he speaks about Sierra Leone's endorsement of the declaration and why more African states should also endorse. Sierra Leone, like many other countries, has experienced armed conflicts and security challenges that have had significant impacts on civilian populations. By adopting the ARIPA declaration, Sierra Leone is playing its part in promoting stability and sustainable development. Our strong support also reflects the spirit of our constitutional renunciation of war as an instrument of state policy, our commitment to international humanitarian law, and our firm adherence to international human rights law rules application during situations of armed conflict will continue to affirm. A lot remains to be done. However, we are encouraged by the number of countries that have signed the declaration. We call on countries, particularly African states, that have not yet signed the political declaration to join in this international effort to protect civilians from bombing and shelling in towns and cities. By working together, we can enhance our capacity to prevent harm to civilians, share best practices, and support one another in implementing measures to minimize the impact of explosive weapons in populated areas. Sierra Leone, as part of the Reaper Group of Friends Initiative, explained this part with respect to the universalization of political declaration. By endorsing and implementing the declaration, we can contribute to a safer, more secure, and more sustainable future for our civilians. Sierra Leone will continue to dedicate the highest level of political commitment and leadership towards better protection of civilians and implementation of the political declaration. Finally, we look forward to the regional conference in Togo and the next conference 
in Norway in 2024 to assess the progress towards the implementation of the political declaration. My final question is, what do you think are the next steps for the universalization of the declaration? This is a, a crucial question. So, first of all, I want to underline that there are numerous events hosted by civil society, endorsing states and the United Nations to foster universalization, all of which are really great sources of information in really further understanding what this declaration is, how the work on it is progressing internationally, regionally, and to answer any questions that might arise prior to a potential endorsement. For the actual endorsement, interested states should, first of all, of course, go through their national respective internal processes. But then once the political decision is made to endorse the declaration by the state's leadership, these states can then simply submit a note verbal to Ireland indicating their endorsement of the text. This note verbal can be submitted by the permanent missions in Geneva, in New York, or by Capital, and can equally be sent to the permanent missions of Ireland in Geneva or New York, or directly to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in Ireland. And they have a lot of information also on this on the website. And to make it even easier, Ireland also has a template note verbal, which can be used either as is or amended as necessary. But I want to not just stop here. I want to very quickly also say that endorsing the declaration is just the beginning. Um, it's a fantastic beginning. But states should then really take concrete steps to implement the commitments outlined in the declaration, which may include updating domestic legislation, policies, practices to really align with its principles and to participate actively and engage in the international forums and conferences related to the declaration. And most crucially here, of course, the first international follow up conference to review the implementation of the political declaration which, and we've said this plenty of times, will be held in Oslo, Norway on the 23rd of April, 2024. And we really hope to see many new endorsing states before then or by then. Thank you. Joseph, Juliana and Ambassador Gaberi, thank you so much for your time and contributions to this discussion. The regional workshop on the declaration will be taking place in Lomer, Togo on January 30th and 31st. You can find more from us at inu.org or on our Twitter at Explosive Weapon. That's all from us today here at INU.